0: Welcome to the Revolutionaries of Wellbeing podcast. I'm founder and host, Sarah McGuinness. The Revolutionaries of Wellbeing, or ROE, is a community of wellbeing managers from organisations around the globe. At ROE, we develop you as a wellbeing leader, giving you a powerful support network, professional development, and workplace wellbeing solutions so that you can focus on giving your employees the right support at the right time. To be stronger, better, and faster at improving wellbeing in your workplace, professional development is key these discussions on workplace well-being are designed to inspire share ideas and raise awareness of important issues we can all take action on the interviews are recorded as part of our monthly Wellbeing wednesday webinars in this session we turn our focus to the link between the work environment and well-being using a case study in late 2020 two degrees announced its ambition to become the first new zealand company to receive the well certification as part of its move to its new home at 136 Fanshawe Street in Auckland delivered by the International WELL Building Institute the WELL Building Standard assesses the key elements of a building and an organization's well-being practices that have a positive impact on the health and well-being of people WELL was developed by integrating scientific and medical information on environmental health behavioural factors, health outcomes and demographic risk factors that affect health alongside leading practices in building design and management. To obtain certification, the newer 2 degrees building would include elements such as enhanced air quality, sound mapping, considered lighting design, restorative spaces and many other positive wellbeing features that have been cleverly designed into the fit-out. Joining us to share the journey is Nikki Vaughan, Head of Safety and Wellness at Two Degrees, and Shelley Thompson, who led the process on behalf of Norman Disney Young. Together, we'll explore the journey, talk about why this was important for the company, and discuss tips for other organisations looking to improve their work environment.
1: Well-being at Two Degrees is very mature in our business. We've been going for about seven or eight years now, uh, and we started with the obligatory fruit basket um, and yoga every Wednesday, which actually still carries on and people love it. But we just, as time has developed, we've also matured and tried to have more of a holistic well program using the five ways of well being. And now we're growing up a little more just to put things into context. Two degrees is in George Street and Newmarket, and we're moving to Fanshawe Street and to this beautiful new building and so we thought hang on a minute we've got this opportunity here to to really put our money where our mouth is and and invest in our people we've always prided ourselves on the care of our people um, and the well-being of our people so we are are transitioning to this new building, which also gives us a fantastic opportunity to go after WELL Building Certification. Um, and Shelley will go into the real detail of WELL Building, but for us, and I'll talk about the advantages and, and our thought process as part of that presentation. But yeah, so our well-being and well-being program is embedded in our business.
2: Mm. And tell me, why was it important that, yeah, you know, in terms of looking at the environment, why was it such an important
1: part of this for you? I think for us, I mean, our purpose is fighting for fear for uh to make New Zealand a better place. And if we're going to have a purpose that's so broad-reaching, we really needed to focus in on what are we offering our people who work for us? So that they're our greatest asset, and. Um, and, and their engagement and their well being is uh, really, really important. Shelley again will touch on that we're spending 90% of our time indoors. Um, so we actually have to, we have an obligation to make sure that, that where our buildings are and where our people are, that it not only looks after them, but actually positively impacts on their well being. So, for us, this was important because it tangibly shows our people hey, look, we genuinely care about you. We're investing. It's not a cheap process to get well certification, it's not just a tick box exercise. Um, Part of luckily, we are moving to a Six green star rated building, but we still had to invest financially in changing the air conditioning a little bit, um, putting panels where people can see what the air quality is doing, water. I won't go into too much now because you'll see a little bit later there's some slides that Shelley will talk to and I will interject with examples of how we've achieved, what we've achieved in, in the different um. Standards that we do need to achieve, so it's tangibly showing our staff we do care about you. The second one was to also challenge other organisations with the ability we're the first in New Zealand to get this um, certification. Well, we're first to register, and we're on track to be the first to get the certification. Um, so this also gives us the ability to hey, let's challenge other organisations. Why don't you also get it? A- Why don't we all together make New Zealand a better place to live and not just a two degrees purpose? Um, And we also know by well, so the the question maybe is why well, like why the certification? And what we know from it's an international certification, it's very well known in America, certainly in the United Kingdom. Australians are catching on pretty quickly but it's not just lip service, it's all scientifically backed um, and research-based um, elements to it. So that will, it helps us also to know that we are doing the right thing for our people um, that will impact on their wellbeing. And I know it's been
2: quite a journey for you and I guess this is where NDY being so important and so
1: critical in that process. Yeah, it was, I mean, there's no way. When I first picked up that standard, I was like, oh, what is this? Like, how do I even read this? But um, so what we did was the challenge from my CEO, luckily for me, he came and said, we need to get the certification. Um, And the challenge was trying to understand it. But that challenge was easily resolved by engaging NDY to come and help us. Um, They're the experts. They know what they're doing. Um, so that challenge was made a little easier for us. Um, the challenge was perhaps not getting them on board quicker. Uh, we wished in hindsight moving buildings, we would have engaged them pretty much at the beginning of the project. They came halfway through, so we just had to adapt and modify what we needed to ch- uh, change. An example was that is we've got a lot of restorative spaces within that um Within our floor plates or within our fit-out, there's a mindfulness room, um, a prayer room, a mother's room. There's also a sick room. But we then had to find another restorative space just to comply with well. Uh, if we'd known that, we probably would have done our fit-out a little differently um, so that it wasn't that extra challenge of finding some additional space. So it was great to have NDY on board to help us through the process. But not only that, also just to project manage it because it is quite complex when it comes to the air conditioning system or the, the lighting, and the lights, or, you know, the water quality. Um, and again, Shelley, will go through this a, a little in depth a little bit more. But, you know, when you're not an expert in that field, it's easier to have a person that's an expert to coordinate between all the different contractors um, which brings me on to another big challenge for us being the first in New Zealand was getting our service providers or contractors on board with it, including Manson. So Manson's building our building. There was requests and requirements for them to change certain um, or make modifications to the, the services, the air conditioning services. So it's trying to get them also on board Um with firstly what WELL is, and then also the requirements under WELL, our architects, Warren and Marnie, also just getting them on board. Uh, So that was a challenge for us, um, but NDY have done a great job um, in helping them also get on board with this process.
2: Awesome. And so it's probably a a good time for us to leap into Shelley if we're happy to share what is WELL and, and why is it important for us to be looking at the environment. Yeah, certainly, and hello, everyone. Um,
3: I think there was a great introduction to Well there, Nikki. I might might lose my job. You might become the next Well AP in, in New Zealand. But I'll um, I'll take you through some slides and I guess just give a bit of an introduction to the building standard because, as Nikki flagged, it is relatively new in our New Zealand uh, environment. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll jump into it a bit and I won't go into too much technical detail, but hopefully it'll give you a picture of, yeah, what that built environment has to um, play in our, our state of health. So I thought I'd start with this nice little quote, and look, I think nothing puts the spotlight on our health better than the world being subject to a global pandemic, right? And this piece of commentary was presented to me, I think it was early last year, and it it really stuck, and it's just that observation that our state of health is not just the lack of disease or the lack of mental health, but it's instead facilitating good health, good mental, physical, and social health. So I guess, what does good health look like, and what does it really mean? So health is based on far many more factors than just our genetics. And in fact, the World Health Organization believes that genetics are only really responsible for about 10% of our state of health. There's of course other key elements in in the graphic here. So it's the the piece that our lifestyle choices and behaviors play in that, our access to affordable and also appropriate, appropriate medical care. But I guess the key takeaway on this graphic is the role that our environment has to play in our state of health. So our relationship with that environment and also the social opportunities that it offers. So the spaces we occupy have a systemic impact on our day-to-day well-being and our state of health. And I guess noting this impact of the built environment on our health, we also need to look at how long we spend indoors. And my 90% was taken by Nikki. Um, But I guess this is a, a quite a striking figure. Right? So we spend about ninety percent of our time indoors, and of course we do. I mean, I love being outdoors, but I'm not sure I could challenge that percentage. Uh, so this number will increase, um, will ebb and flow in um, you know different weathers, different geographical locations, and of course our lockdowns. We spent a lot of time inside of the, over the past year, but it's certainly a significant number, and I think historically our buildings were designed to keep us safe and to keep us dry but they're much more than that in our modern day civilization so it's with this understanding of the impact that the buildings have on our state of health that it's really a no-brainer that we need to be designing and operating our buildings with health and well-being in mind and this is really the framework that the Well Building Standard has been formed. So a bit of a snapshot on what the standard looks like and, and some of the things that Two Degrees have been pursuing with their new fit out. So put simply, at the heart of WELL is people. So WELL is an evidence-based rating tool. It's built on research. Uh, it's been designed to apply to most building types. It's quite flexible. It's inclusive and it's, it's equitable as well. Now WELL is formed around 10 key concepts and each is targeted at providing a positive contribution to people's health all their well-being um, and, and quickly these, these concepts look at, so the air and water access and quality of those two parameters. We look at nourishment and the food that fuels our body. We look at light access and the quality of that light. There's a focus on movement, so mobility and physical activity. We look at thermal and acoustic comfort. We look at the materials and the products that are used within a space. Uh, there's a focus on mind, so aiding a healthy mind. And then the last one being a positive engagement with the community. So there's a big focus on that. And I thought I wouldn't delve into those in too much more detail. There's certainly a lot that sits behind those concepts. But it'd be good for Nikki to jump in and kind of talk to some of those key ones that we've seen in the fit out and will be seeing as we become a certified space. Thanks, Philly.
1: Yeah, I think that... Um... The, the most positive, so what we've been doing is going round to um, all of the different teams you can imagine moving. There's a bit of apprehension and we've been here a long time and everyone likes the location, so there's been a bit of an apprehension about moving, but, but so part of the change process to go around and tell all of our people about the positive things that we are implementing in the new building. And the standout ones that have um, resonated and given us the best feedback is things like the thermal comfort, so excellent air conditioning system in there. But the reality is that we set it at a set temperature and we have different people. like We have, on the whole, women are much colder in our offices than, than our men folk. And so we will be providing blankets for people that are cold or little desk fans upon request. So that, that one's gone down an absolute treat um, in terms of lighting this. Lots of glass, lots and lots of natural light, uh, but blinds that can come down. Or if you find it a little bit too dark in that space, then you can request a um, a desk lamp that people can use. Um, the other couple of things that have stuck out is nourishment. We have terrible right now, embarrassingly. Um, terrible vending machines that don't have much healthy options in them. And interestingly enough, it's quite hard to find vending operators that provide predominantly healthy food. So what we're doing is we're taking away the vending machines, but those will be replaced by baskets of healthier options. It's not about banning the party pie or a chocolate bar. It's just about making it... Easier to make those healthy choices for us. Um, and then the last one that I might touch on, unless anyone wants to know what we're doing in any of these other spaces, um, is around community. And we're about to launch a, a program of works called Fair Days, where 1% of our work hours, which equates to full time staff, about Two days uh, a year, you can go and do community work. We do lots of other community work, but it's, it's you can choose whatever you like to do that. Um, so on that note, it's more, as I said at the beginning, we have this we have this great wellness program. But through Well, have we been able to really enhance it more and tack on more stuff into even even more of a holistic thing? Um, and one of them is that community giving back.
3: Yeah, and there's certainly another really cool one that I could talk to is throughout the tenancy, we've got monitors that look at the air quality and they're consistently monitoring the space and sharing that information with the occupants to verify that the space is clean and is operating as we intended it to. Another cool one. It's probably worth mentioning just on this slide here that the features that build up the world building standard are made out of preconditions and optimization. So there's a handful of minimum requirements that all projects must meet. And then you have your optimisations, which have points associated with them. So the the world building standard isn't just about how we design the space, but there's a significant focus on how we operate the space and the policies in place to support our occupants. So while an example of how we design the space might be around providing appropriate outside air or that access to natural light that Nikki mentioned... Um, A policy-related feature could be around the provision of um, supporting new parents and parental leave, and this is actually a policy that Two Degrees have recently announced, which demonstrates their leadership in that space and that the theme around fighting for fair. And just on what the certifications look like, so while a lot of standards and rating tools out there may operate in terms of a star basis, so we have four-star, five-star, Well is quantified in rare earth metals. So the the levels of well certification is bronze, silver, gold, and the highest being platinum. And well, like the others, operates on a points-based system. So you can see the points associated with the certifications there. And I guess wrapping it all back into two degrees. So two degrees uphold this strong value for fighting for fair and prioritizing staff because it's the right thing to do. I guess this captures the fundamental purpose of WELL uh, to help and improve uh, the health and well-being of everyone that visits, works in and experiences a space. And what we actually found when we aligned Two Degrees um, with the World Building Standard, we looked at their key drivers and ambitions they're actually already pursuing and achieving a lot of the themes, and I guess Well just really gave them the opportunity to formalise and communicate some of these initiatives with the staff and also the industry and the market that they operate in. So, yeah, really gave that communication piece. It's my little snapshot of
1: Well um, dogs in the office. That was the funny thing is we were told initially we weren't allowed dogs on Friday. Dog Friday is hugely popular and it was very unpopular, and we've managed to get it over the land that we are actually allowed to bring dogs into this brand-new building, which is quite phenomenal, but um, very exciting for us.
2: That's awesome. And actually, because it sounds like to me there is, you know, there have been some things that you were already doing, and so that made it really easy. How many of the sort of existing things you were doing did you have to kind of beef up to meet the standard? And how many things were completely new? I mean, it's hard to quantify, but just... Uh, as a guide.
1: Yeah, so as um Shelley had said, it's a point-based system. So from a policy perspective, policy being things like a wellness program and mental health and support, we we were pretty much doing enough to get the points that we needed to get. Uh, the challenge for us came with that we were we were doing it in our uh, wellness program is based on sitting with my wellness volunteers and my wellness team, um, that we um, set a strategy and we do program of works. So we just did those programs. We never actually wrote some of the stuff down. We never. So that was my biggest challenge, and continues to be my biggest challenge is actually writing. Things like the, for the glare and lighting that the blinds have to go up or the, when things are cleaned. Um, so that, that, that's that been a challenge in its own right. Yes. So we haven't actually had to implement too much, just more enhancing what we've got. Um, does that answer your question?
2: Yeah, it does. And actually, so my next question was going to be around, you know, some of the broader challenges you've experienced too. Uh, I guess for others in the room, they'll be thinking, this sounds really awesome, but you know, how do I get this over the line with my team, your management team, for example? And I know that was perhaps less of a challenge, but keen to explore some of those challenges along the way. And I've also seen Catherine's what up an excellent challenge around the, um, the bring the dog to work day, which is how do you handle allergies? I adore my dog, but I've observed issues in other companies where clients may have allergies or dogs or dog fear. So what are some of
1: the big challenges you've found along the way? Um, I, um, to start with the dogs I mean we do have a policy that you do need to ask people around you in your areas um, if anyone is allergic to dogs that you aren't allowed to bring your dog, what we do find is on a Friday, our offices are a lot quieter, um, people work from home, because we do flex work here um, so most people will work from home on a Friday we haven't had any issues with people with allergies and dogs yet, Um, but we do, it is one of those policies that we really closely monitor and if we have to make a choice between our employees and the dog, our employees will take precedence. But luckily so far we have not had, we've had one dog that got evicted because he was barking outside the CEO's office. Um, Other than that, we've had no challenges, luckily.
2: Yeah, no great ones. And what about yeah? From a, I mentioned from like a leadership or a cultural change perspective, moving into new buildings, obviously a, a chance to kind of refresh
1: or or yeah. give new perspectives. What's the planning around that? I think for us, because where our wellness is so embedded, and also our messaging has been really positive around it, it's actually extraordinarily well received. Um, luckily for me, uh, our CEO is is so on board with the wellness thing. This was actually his initiative. He came to me and said, I think we need to get well certificate. And I nearly fell off my chair and said, absolutely, let's do it. Um, And so from my perspective, I have not had a hard time from a leadership uh, perspective, um, but Shelley might be able to enlighten you on other clients or other people that have had challenges Um, from a leadership perspective. Um, Before Shelley answers, I think for us it's that leadership, more the leadership around we're leading the way. Um, We're leading the way here from a wealth certification. We're heading towards being the first ones. It's like how do we lead other or or help other organisations to get on this journey as well?
3: Yeah, I can certainly talk to the the wider leadership piece, and I think that's something that we do have to talk to clients quite a lot about because it needs to be, at the end of the day, a, a commercially viable option. Um, so, just let me flick through some little slides here. I'll have just um, here you go share this with you guys. So, yeah, there's certainly a big commercial, corporate, and and leadership piece around well. Um, so, designing for people is not just nice to have. It's the right thing to do and at the end of the day, it does have these real tangible commercial benefits and opportunities for leadership and differentiation within your space um, and identifying the opportunity for employee well-being translates to higher yields and financial rewards. So, I guess painting that picture. Um, those in the line that work in the wellness space, you may be familiar with the benefits of health and wellbeing for staff and individuals at that kind of level. But there's also some staggering observations that we can see with the benefits and the cost analysis when you look at it from a building level when we're talking around health and wellbeing. So the World Green Building Council indicates that in terms of operating costs, we actually spend about 90% of our costs on our people. So that's salaries and benefits, which again is a pretty staggering percentage when you compare it to the other metrics there, you know, rent and operation and also energy. So, with that massive number, it's evident that a small difference can have a really large effect on an organisation. So, it may appear that a modest improvement to an employee's health and productivity can have a significant financial impact. And I guess on the slide here, that's looking at buildings and buildings owners, but it's really looking at the positive impacts across things like building leases, um, building evaluation, and also occupant satisfaction. And I think if we we can we can talk about the benefits that you get from productivity, but it's also worth noting in returning to this cost of poor well-being. Um, so while there's the, the primary cost that we can observe and measure. And I think they put it down to about a 15% difference in pay when we look at the direct cost of um, poor health. But there's also these secondary and tertiary costs that an organisation could be subject to that may be just as bad, if not more damaging than what we can clearly see when we're talking about poor wellbeing. So I guess that's around the, the investment of health. But another big thing, if we're going to talk about it at a corporate space, um, is the, the financial incentive So ESGs are environmental, social and governance. It's definitely a thing that we're seeing more and more of um, in, in modern, bigger corporations. So companies are now setting clear ESG targets and ESGs are also forming a big part of consumer decisions. I know it dictates a lot of what I buy and purchase in my life. But, of course, setting ESG targets is one thing, meeting and reporting on those targets is another. So pursuing something like the World Building Standard is actually a validated way of showing a healthy building performance um, and tangibly meeting these social targets in your ESGs. We also see it with pursuing things like Green Star and Neighbours New Zealand. They're a way of measuring against the environmental targets. So certainly a big, big piece on ESGs and I'm not sure if those in the the line have been privy to these, but the UN Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, so that's formed of 17 key goals, and a lot of corporations uh, report and set targets against the SDGs now. And each feature within the World Building Standard has actually mapped the intent of the feature against these 17 goals, and the really big focus within these goals is number three. So it's... um, Good health and and well-being, and I guess just the last piece to to paint this this leadership and corporate buy-in picture is the the global well movement. So as Nikki flagged, the tool was founded in America, but the uptake globally has been pretty overwhelming. So WELL's been adopted in over 99 countries and these stats are always updating. So at 99 countries, we've got over 230 million square metres of either WELL registered or WELL certified spaces. Um, WELL's really taken off in the past few years in Australia. So if you can note the twang in my voice, I've um, only recently moved over to New Zealand. I'm from Australia and I was working on a lot of WELL projects in Australia. I think we're now at about 15% of all commercial building stock in Australia is either registered or certified as a well space. Um, and we've, of course, got two degrees here taking the charge with the target to become the first well-certified office in New Zealand, which I think is really exciting. Um, and we've got a few others coming through the pipeline and a few more, I guess, exciting firsts for New Zealand in the well space. So, yeah, certainly
2: it's taking off. It's, a, it's an exciting place to work in. And you can easily see how, you know, in terms of future workforces, this will become the norm. This could easily become the standard that people expect to work in. Sort of gone are the days when it was, you know, it's really old of 1950s buildings with, you know, air conditioners stuck to the side. You know, increasingly there'll be an expectation around having environments for wellbeing. Um, so, Nikki, I'm interested to hear from you, you know, what have been some of the big lessons learned? I see we've got some questions, and I promise you we will come back to those at the end, but tell me, big lessons learned,
1: well, I think like I, I touched on is actually not engaging NDY or it doesn't have to be NDY, there are other people that uh, can help. It's not getting them on board right from the beginning. Um and and, and it does come with a cost, like so it's trying to work out how, is it you know what that cost is. Um for us it's been mainly extraordinarily positive. But, yeah, like I said, it's just big lessons learned for us is engaging somebody who knows what they're doing Um, earlier. That was my biggest lesson. Um, And then, yeah, it was just from a policy perspective, it's, starting to write down everything that we actually do. It's not a tick box exercise. I'm a bit nervous about saying that because I don't want it to become like a health and safety compliance thing. But it is good to record our frequencies and, and things that we are actually doing. Um, and not just moving on to the next well being initiative and really having this lens over the longevity of all of these programs in place. Um, but yeah, that was the challenge.
2: Mm, I think in many ways it sounds like it's given you a really good framework to keep coming back to in terms of the measurement. And that's always a question we come back to with you know, well-being is how do we measure it? How do we show we're making
1: a difference? And it sounds like this certification has given you a framework to use. Absolutely. It's also given me the platform to talk about Two Degrees Well program. Um, I've always been a little bit hesitant much to my comms teams horror to talk about it externally i worry about it losing its authenticity but but through having well certification are we able to actually it gives us a platform to talk about the good things that we are doing at two degrees which then attracts the best people um and and that's what we want and also retains good people
3: so if i could say something on the measurement piece as well so Mm. i One of the differences with the well building standard against some other rating tools, which people might be familiar with, is it's not just a um, a documentation submission process. So an element of documents are submitted for review at the end of the project, but there's this big piece of validation. So we actually get a third party testing agent that comes through and they test the entire space against a handful of those things that I showed earlier. So we're testing the air quality, the water quality, thermal comfort, the acoustic comfort within the space. To verify that it's actually operating the way it was designed, and we are meeting those targets to prove that the air that you're breathing in and the water you're drinking is healthy and safe.
2: It's hugely helpful. I can, I'm just think, thinking back to the um, the heating, um, you know, piece that you brought up, Nikki. I can't tell you how many wellbeing surveys done across organisations, and inevitably, there's always the heating. It's too cold. It's too hot. It's the wrong for the season. It's <laughs> and it really it does. It impacts people's wellbeing.
1: Does and, and the building where we're in now, um, because Mansus were, were going to just bowl it over, they're not doing that anymore. But, um, you know, that there wasn't uh, just for the last year, there hasn't been a huge amount of investment back into the facilities and this air conditioning. Honestly, one minute it's freezing cold, then it's hot, then it's cold, then it's hot, and you know, like, oh, I can't wait to move just because of the air conditioning um, because it does impact It impacts your well being when you're cold at work or boiling hot. Yeah. Especially if
2: it's um if it's warm outside and you're wearing a ski jacket at your desk. It's yeah, <laughs> you not know, a the great the look. <laughs> um and then last question before we jump into the questions from others is for those who are sitting here thinking, This sounds awesome. I would love to go through this. Um maybe we don't have the budget, maybe this is probably too big for us, or maybe this is something we would like to what are kind of the tips that you would share with those in the in the virtual room? Um for me it's
1: actually getting your head around it that i and on YouTube, if you Google well, well there's some there's a great video on explaining well uh, as well. So I would go and have a look at that, and also have a look at well RWBI's well um, web page. It's very informative, um, and you can get your head around exactly the different the 10 different elements and so it's just it's just about educating what is well is it going to fit for me um and then for us before we even we, before we even signed on the dotted line that we were going to get that we did engage ndy to do a gap analysis for us to see is this achievable for us financially because at the end of the day you also have to balance your costs against how much it's in the, the current building uh, it would not have been viable for us to get the whole well certification at our current location. Um, but it could just have been the blown, budgets would have been blown up the water. But by having that gap analysis, it really gives you a, an educated data. It gives you data on how viable it is for you to get the certification. Um, and my last piece is just, it just, if it is viable and if it is then just do it because it's actually really fantastic from a well person like a, a well professional um to be part of this journey is um from a very personal perspective has been a fantastic journey of personal growth and learning and making a difference
0: thanks again for listening today it's been great to have you along if you're keen to join the revolutionaries of well-being, head to rowwellbeing, That's wellbeing.com and follow the links to sign up. If you're in our community, thanks again, and we look forward to catching up with you really soon.